Welcome back, everyone, to Talking Transformative Love podcast. Today, we have Jason Carreo, who is the Head of Religious Education and Aboriginal Studies at Loretta Normanhurst and is currently taking on a, an acting role of Director of Faith and Identity. Jason, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for coming to North Sydney to meet us in this uh, tiny office. And now, Jason, we normally start with our participants just to get an idea of who you are, what shaped you as a person. Um, so in our belief, it is always something to do with your childhood, your philosophy, belief system about life. Um, now, tell us, I guess, a little bit about who your family is, um, and I think I, you have six nieces and nephews, which is a little bit less than what I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, a little bit about me um, in the sense of I was raised in a very different family household, actually. Um, my uh, parents, um, I had a brother and I have a brother and sister um, who are a little bit older than me, yeah. a little bit older. Um, my sister's 12 years. <laughs> so you're years. the baby. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, by far, by far. <laughs> Um, but for quite a lengthy period of time, uh, probably for about maybe six years or so, yeah. uh, my auntie and uncle lived with us uh, and we lived with them, so it depended where we were. Um, and they had three children of their own as well. So yeah. we had, um, you know, living in a three bedroom house with, mm. uh, there was quite a few of us, yeah, um, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, that's how I was raised. Um, so I, I guess in, in my sense of we had a very strong family net yes um two brothers married two sisters yep. so oh, wow. that was yeah it was it very close family yeah, oh, yeah we have we have a similar thing yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so our uh, my upbringing was very much family orientated and so you know rather than having the one mother figure i had yeah. the two mother figures yes. you know and then i had my sister as well who was 12 years older so she was you know really um, yeah. strong in my upbringing and, and where I was going in my faith as well. Yeah. Um, in relation to my faith, even growing up, we would all go to church together yeah. uh, as a big family uh, group. Um, and we would go to church on every, every Sunday. Uh, yeah. And it was really strong. And actually, I, I chuckle a little bit. I've spoken to mum about this recently. When we would go to church, it would have to be, you know, in your finest clothes, you know, <laughs> uh, getting dressed up to, to go. Yeah. And... <laughs> You know, it, those sort of things and those memories, you know, keep with me about what yeah. we used to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's really what shaped my belief system because I think family and community was so strong for me, um, and and that was one thing that you know always resonates with me when I think about uh, what I've brought with me and what where yeah. I've gone. Yeah. yeah, and I think that in a way shapes. Um, a lot of the things you probably believe in today and the way you, yeah. I guess, have ideas about the world. Yeah. Um, it, and most of our participants have talked about having this um, influence of family yeah. uh, and, and what it's like to live in a household. Um, obviously, I've had a conversation with you before this day uh, and we had a great conversation and we've talked about uh, that you grew up in an Italian household. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you spent your formative years in Bankstown, mm -hmm. then later moved to the Shire and now living in Darlington. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, when you said that to me, I thought, wow, that's three very different um, areas and, and postcodes, but also very diverse. Mm. Um, what was, I guess, because I'm a believer in 
where you grow up in terms of suburb has a huge um, influence or of the person that you become and it has an effect on uh, even the groups that you represent or the ideas that you have about whether it's politics or life so you've you grew up in three different places which is phenomenal in itself and it has this you will have a diverse experience uh, I guess how did those three different postcodes um, shape the Jason we know today? Yeah, that, that's a very interesting question because they are very diverse. Yes. The three of them are very diverse. Um, I'll, I'll start with the, the younger years. So yeah, I was raised, I was born in Greenacre. Yeah. Uh, so raised in Greenacre and we, we went to church regularly, well, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis um, uh, in Greenacre. Yeah. And uh, one of the big things that was part of that is, is I went to school in Bankstown and being in Bankstown, it was a very different culture. It was um, a mix of cultures, yeah. um, a mix of, of, of Middle Eastern cultures, uh, a mix of um, Asian cultures, and then the mix of the Europeans. And that was a very big influence in me because um, I really felt like my parents were migrants, yeah. uh, come, came from Italy. And I was, I guess, I guess I kind of didn't know where I fit in because I was born in Australia. And so yeah. a, lot of, um, a lot of that was very, very strong. Growing up in Bankstown, though, there was a lot of, um, I felt like there was a lot of, I guess, hostility amongst yeah. different cultures. Mm. It was um, a very us versus them mentality, I feel. It was really strong in the sense of... Um, uh, I guess gang warfare, especially yeah. in mm. the in those times. I remember uh, one particular time um, going to Bankstown Station with my brother, and um, he being very protective, being eight years yeah. older than me, um, mm. you know, protective of me, and and you know, trying to, uh, and I was quite young, you know, yeah, I was yeah. I was uh, in my early years. I was only in primary school then. And he trying to um, uh, protect me from obviously seeing what was going on and, and things like that. So that was, um, I, when I reflect on that now, I recognize how much of a protector yes. uh, family was and, and, and how important that was and, and what they wanted you to see of the world. Yeah. Um, when I reflect on that now, I see that that was a real positive. But to me, when I look at that, I see... Um, a lot of uh, where we, we could, I guess, wasn't getting along. There was a lot of cultures that caused problems, tension, yeah. rather mm. than, you know, living uh, through love, I guess, yeah. if we yeah. call it that. Um, so that was a big, a big thing of my, yeah. my childhood. I, we moved when I was quite young. We moved when I was four years old yeah. to the Shire, but we still had that connection because I was still going to school in Bankstown. My brother was still going to school yes. there. We owned a fruit shop in Yaguna. Yeah. So Bankstown in that area was, was, was really where I grew up yeah. in, in, in the young, younger years, I say, but, you know, until I was about 12, 13 years old. Um, no, the, I guess formative years. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> moving to the Shire was complete opposite, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was completely different and um, being raised in the show was very, uh, very Anglo, you know, yeah, very, yeah. Very, um, <laughs> very much like that. And when I moved, uh, when I started to go to high school in the area, um, that's when we moved um, churches. Yeah. I found that it was a very different experience for my parents. I found that maybe for them, they didn't fit in as much yes. because they mm -hmm. didn't find... I guess the same community that they had mm. being in Greenacre. Um, so, you know, I think it's a big deal moving churches, moving congregations for that reason, because you have to find 
who you are and where where you fit. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, um, it, it, at that time, you know, in, yeah. in my 13, my teenage years, it was perfect, you know, for mm. me. I thought I was loving it. Um, but I didn't have a very good experience at school. I had um, quite... Uh, being you know Italian being a bit different uh, in that sense I was bullied quite a lot and so I really struggled to find where my my place yeah. was where you belonged yeah. and identity absolutely and, yeah um, so that was a big I guess struggle for me yeah I'm sure so mm. my so for me for how I found my faith is actually especially when I was about year 10 year 11 and year 12 um, I would go to church every morning yes. uh, before school uh, wow, which was a commitment yeah it was yeah. it was and my my grandfather was quite unwell at that time and I, I I think it was you know a bit of a struggle for me to to find who I was in that sense and and what um you know knowing that you know he was quite unwell what death meant and, yeah. and what that was and um you know with all these experiences I thought where am I finding who I am and so what mm. I did is I would go to pray every morning in the church because again it goes back to when my family, like when I was raised, yes. church was the place that you went. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah. It, it was the place where you, you found, and for, we were always taught that that's the, the home of God, that's yeah, God's yeah. home, you know. I can relate, yeah. yeah. It's the same from my childhood, yeah. 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 So that's where I went, you know, um, and I think that's what gave me strength to get through yes. um, those teenage years and to get through some of those really uh, traumatizing, if I put it that yeah, way, um, experiences of death yes. and, and understanding where that was with my grandfather's passing. Um, mind you, it did make me get out of first period quite yeah. a lot. So maybe that was too. I That's know why you went. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a lot about about that. And the experience within the, within the Shire as well, um, I found was it was not as, I guess, everybody had their, um, I guess, niche groups already. Yes. So it was mm -hmm. coming in from the outside really made it hard for I think even my family at the start yeah um mum and dad still live down in the shire and 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 have formed really strong bonds with yes um with the community there and um mum goes to her rosary group with yeah. the Italians <laughs> and they they have that and and, it, and it's really strong and I think that's the best thing for her yeah uh, absolutely and, yeah. um and it's been a, a great experience there yeah do you go to the rosary groups? I, I used to when I was younger, every now and then, um, but they speak in Italian and I don't understand it anyway. Um, I mean, I can understand what they are, yeah. Um, but yeah, mum would have it, you know, I think it was once every three or four months, they would, so they'd do it on a fortnightly basis, I believe, yeah. and um, it would go to different people's houses and yes. mum would have, um, yeah. you know, host the, the ladies. Um, and yeah, so when they, she hosts, I would sit there and yeah. just listen to them. And, and some of those conversations, I think it was more, again, it goes back to, and I know it's about faith, but it was more about community for them. Yeah. It was yeah. for the ladies to get together, together. and talk yeah. about, you know, different experiences yeah. about their life. Mm. And, um, when I was growing up, that was a very strong thing that I saw within my, my mom and, and yeah. within the family, mm. um, orientation and, and being in your own home too. And seeing that, I think that was really important because yeah. I think, that welcoming people into your home was a huge thing. Yeah. Um, I remember one one day we had um, uh, a knock on the door and um, Dad answered the door and it was uh, a gentleman who was talking about 
um, the Church of Latter-day Saints and he yeah. and, and dad said look I'm I'm going to tell you to come into my home because I'd like to hear about you yeah and um, and my, I remember my dad I was in year 10 and he said Jason you have to come and you have to listen yeah. to what he's saying and you have to and from that moment I was like that's all about acceptance you know dad wasn't saying no don't come here I don't want to you know listen to you I don't want to yeah. hear your story it was about come and let me hear your story and I'm going to tell you about mine yeah that's beautiful and that was huge that was that had a big impact on my life because from that day I knew that that's what we were all about yes. we were about accepting yeah. other people listening to their views yeah, and, and going through that now moving to Darlington <laughs> Um, I've, I've only recently discovered Darlington because, as you know, I'm living part-time in yeah. Redfern, yes. the women's uh, refuge place. And one of them asked me to um, drop her off yeah. somewhere in Darlington. And I thought, where is that? That's yeah. not Darlinghurst. Yeah. It's Darlington. And yeah. so I've only just discovered it. But it's, it's a very unique place, isn't it? It is. It is. So Darlington is basically in between Newtown and uh, Redfern. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a very eclectic yes. place. Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> you have a mixture of different people there. You have, um, you know, the university, which is close. So yeah. you have um, a lot of university students that are nearby. Um, I, I lived in Woolai Creek for a little bit. And whilst I was in Woolai Creek, I was trying to find what, what church I wanted to go to, I guess, yes. in that sense. And I remember mum saying to me, oh, a friend of mine recommended St. Joseph's in Newtown. So even before I moved to Darlington, yeah. um, I moved to, or I, I moved, the church I decided to go to was in Newtown. And I decided to go there because the priest at the time was a very ex uh, open priest, inclusive, and that's yeah. how he started uh, his masses. Yeah. Um, I remember he started, the, f the one thing that just really brought me alive um, was he started the mass with the acknowledgement of country. Uh, yeah. And I was like, wow, like, you know, this is so yeah, different yeah. to what I was used to. I mean, it's just different in the sense of the the growing up and the things it was very strict you know and it was very um different to to what i'd ever experienced yeah, in newtown yeah. uh so yeah it, it was that um experience and th so there's a variety of different people and the congreg uh, the congregation was quite large on on sundays but i was going to mass on a saturday night yes. um and it was very small and very um close-knit i guess yeah. um and i remember uh, when I was going to church there, one, well, I still am, but whilst I was going to church, I noticed that a lot of people that were there were actually teachers or principals yeah. from other schools. And that kind of, you know, made it in itself a community and you would talk after mass. Yes. And I remember that's what was a big thing when I reflected on, on when my parents were in Greenacre. Yeah, yeah. It was something where you don't go to church and then you leave. You had to go to church and then what were you doing after that? Yeah, you know? it's the community, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I was feeling, you know, that's, that's what was missing from me. And that was, that was something that was struck but, yeah. me. Um, so, yeah, so that place in Darlington is very yeah. different. But then you go, um, you know, when you, you notice uh, the area you went in, in Newtown, Darlington, Redfern, yes. it's so broad as well. Oh, yeah. You have, mm. I was walking down the street the other day um, with my dog and yeah. this little boy ran over to the to my dog and said, can I pat your dog? And I yeah. said, absolutely. I said, she's got no teeth anyway. She's yeah. not going to buy it. <laughs> and and um, the mother came, you know, scurrying after. And she's like, is it okay? Is it okay? I said, absolutely. Anyway, I um, just was, she was walking off and, and I recognised um 
that the little boy was wearing his kippah. And I just said, as they were leaving, I said, Shabbat Shalom. And she was just like, oh my gosh. She said, are, are you Jewish? And I said, no, I'm not. I said, but, you know, I, I teach studies of religion and I teach Judaism. Anyway, yeah. her, her whole life, you know, it was like, <laughs> wow, I can talk. And the cultural aspect of that area is so um, unique because yes. you have the synagogue in Newtown. You have yeah. the churches. Uh, you have the indigenous communities within Redfern, yeah. which are close. Um, and so that, I think, works so does, well. It does, yeah. And I think... That's that's part of well I hope that's the Australia that we do have. Absolutely. Um, and and you've you've I guess you've spoken a little bit about um, meeting in a community of teachers mm. at the church and obviously you're a teacher but um, you didn't go into teaching straight away. Um, no. You did take a gap year trying to figure out who you are and of course I mean at 18 how are we meant to know what we want to do with our lives? Yeah. Um, I, so tell us I suppose, tell us a little bit about how we could um, look at teaching in the lens of or through the lens of um, transformative love, which is our theme for Vocations mm-hmm. Week. Don't don't ask us how we got to the theme, but we did. And it's been very interesting and, and we've got all sorts of responses. But tell us how teaching and, and I suppose allows us to experience transformative love and and be transformative love for others uh and how those two worlds can come together um yeah so i I took a gap year um i think a lot of the things that i was experiencing in high school um meant that you know the the idea of of what i had gone through i felt like i just needed a year for myself i needed to find myself i actually moved to melbourne yeah oh my hometown yeah yeah okay Um, my my mum and um, all my aunties and uncles from my mum's side live there. I've got one uh, auntie in Italy, but the others live in Melbourne. And mm. so I went and lived with my auntie and, yes. and my cousin there, uh, my cousins. Uh, and um, it, it was quite an experience because, yeah, I had to find who I was, where I was yes. going, because mm. I got into a university degree that I didn't want to do. Yeah, um, yeah. It, Which it, was, uh, was it communications? It was, it was. <laughs> it was a media and communications degree. Um, it was just, I didn't find it was my place at that time. I think it was just, I needed that that idea, like I said, to find what do I want to do with my life? Where do I want to go? And and so that's why I took that year off. And I worked for an events company, liked the opportunity, brought people joy, yeah. but it wasn't what it was, I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when it came back to, you know, thinking about this idea of, of transformative love, I think you have to find what you love yes. and then pursue that. Yeah. And mm. I wasn't in love with the job. <laughs> um, and I wasn't in love with Melbourne either, actually. <laughs> I, I, you know, had a great time and I loved my family yeah. and the opportunities. And mm. that's my third mother that then looked after me, my yeah. auntie. I've been very lucky and blessed to have those uh, three amazing women in yeah. my life to support mm. me. Um, and I've even traveled with them. So it's been a a great opportunity. But um, when it came to that, it was teaching, which I felt I needed to go back into schools to um, create the love that maybe I wasn't experiencing at school, to give that opportunity Mm. to other students. Yeah, And and teaching, I suppose, is 
it's not a job it's a vocation mm, absolutely and uh no one goes into teaching for the money no <laughs> um Definitely not. or for the you know the free time mm. uh but it is a vocation it's, it's so i i believe that um it's teaching is something that you're born with yeah. uh, you just have to find you know you have to discover it yeah so uh it's it's a gift because yeah. you're, you're shaping the future. Yeah, and that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to, as best as I could, support yes. students to re recognize what they can be out in the world and what impact that they can have. I think that was mainly because when I was growing up, I didn't see me yes. as being able to make a difference in the world. I kind of, I don't know if that had to do with, you know, my upbringing or what it was, but a lot of the times it was, you know, you were the children and mm. you should be the children as yeah. opposed to, no, you are the future and you are actually not even the future, you are the present, you're yeah, the ones that yeah, can absolutely. make a difference. Yeah. So I think I wanted to make sure that uh, people could recognise that and see that that was their role in yeah. the world and that they are just as important as anyone else and, yes. and what can they do is mm. and I think we look at you know key figures of of younger people now making their voices heard and we can oh, see yeah. that very clearly um that they are just as important as everyone else if not more important yeah yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's what's um beautiful in education is that you can provide education in so many diverse ways mm -hmm. in so many different spaces it doesn't yeah. have to necessarily be in the classroom absolutely but for me as a teacher that was the sanctuary really mm. yeah. uh the classroom was the place that you could make the most difference mm -hmm. um some people might argue <laughs> you know argue that but uh it's about i think when you're in the classroom there is a sense of uh you're on the same ground mm -hmm. as the kids yeah. and uh you know there there are you know let's say 20 odd students in your class they're all looking to you yeah for, for that for that kind mm. of um light or wisdom or something that they can take on yes. and say you know when i was in in, in school i learned you know, not necessarily I learned how to do um, maths or whatever, but it was more I learned this about life. Absolutely. So I'm sure you're a fantastic teacher. I haven't been in your class, oh, but I'm you. sure you're great at that. Um, I think that I, I actually think that the students make the classroom. They yes. really do. Um, you have to bring them with you, but you have to listen to them. And, and when you listen to them and you hear what they're all about, this it's a powerful thing. Yes. Um, because yeah. education, like you say, is not just about you know, teaching them how to, oh, yeah. to learn maths or to learn, you know, how to spell and things like that. It, it's about, education is about what impact yeah. or yes. what vocation that's, yeah. you know, they're going to have in the future. Yeah. Because, you know, if they're going to go out in the world to be, you know, accountants, to make sure they're not ripping people off, yes. you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, and what are they doing in their lives to ensure that they're doing what we believe um, is the most important thing and that's, yeah. you know, living out. Um, the belief systems, living out the ethical teachings of of Christ and all yeah, of that. Absolutely. I think that's the most important mm. thing you you can teach them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you and I have talked a bit about our love for travel, especially the Greek islands. I actually think we need a, a Loretto school in the Greek islands, <laughs> okay. but we'll have to talk about that. Um, and uh, we've talked about our love for music and, of course, your love for sports. <laughs> Uh, not so much mine because I don't do sports. Um, 
how I, I guess travel always changes people. I, mm-hmm. I really believe that. And I have nieces and, and nephews now and I always say to them, if there's one thing you can do in life, that's please do traveling. Yeah. Um, if there's something that you want to spend your money on, mm-hmm. spend it on, on traveling, traveling because yeah. it has transformed my life mm-hmm. in many ways. Um, so I guess tell us about your how travels shaped your worldview um, and from a conversation with you, you've talked about your experience in Bosnia and a mm. bit about war and peace. Not that we're turning this into a serious no, topic, yeah. but it's, it's um, yeah, how did that shape mm. your view? So when I was about 23, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went out, you're going to laugh at this one, I went on a, um, a top deck tour. Top deck tour yes. was one of those, you know, tours where you go and party <laughs> and I thought, yep, this is what I'm going to do before I go to you know, start teaching. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And I, I did a lot of those experiences, but what I got out of that experience was something completely opposite to what, you know, I went over there thinking yes. I was going to experience. Um, so yeah, I, d- I did go to yeah. some of those amazing places. I visited, um, you know, quite a number, I think it was 31 countries in total. Wow. Um, and, uh, and they were in Europe and, and, and a lot of those, uh, places that, you know, I wanted to, I was dying to see. It was yes. like, you know, Italy, mm. you know, where my family came from and, um, you know, talking about Spain and, you know, all of these different things. I was like, yep, yeah, that's what I wanted to see. <laughs> I didn't get that experience. I'm a humanities major, so majored yeah, in humanities at uni. <laughs> and one of the, well, there's quite a number of things, but it seemed that war was always the thing that got me the most and got mm. me emotionally. Yes, yeah, Quite an emotional yeah, person. Same, yeah. um, and one of the biggest things is and and i kind of when i came home i spoke to dad about this and i don't remember it so much because i was quite young but when i went to to bosnia i didn't know much about the bosnian war yes and Mm. i didn't know that i was alive when a war like that was happening yeah yeah i was quite young so 90s early 90s or something Uh, yeah 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 um and quite naive and i you know when i went back and dad said no we used to talk about it because dad was you know a real strong advocate against war and talking about you know the atrocities of war and things like that but again i I didn't i guess young age i didn't understand what war was and uh, what that meant i think it's so prevalent uh, in our world today especially with uk ukraine and russia um, and, you know, listening to some of those students talk, talk about, about things like yeah. that, it, it's really powerful. But when I was, a, 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 you know, a kid, I, I didn't understand that. So when I went to, to Bosnia, um, that was one thing that was really touching to me, um, really looking at uh, the devastation of war, uh, looking at the amount of, of, of people that, that died for no reason. Yes. For me, that is, it's, not, it's mm. non-existent reasoning. Um, that should never have happened. And when I started thinking about that, I said, where did we go wrong, yeah. you know, as, as humanity, mm. as humans? Um, where are we, where is the peace in this? Where is yeah. the love in this? Mm. Um, and that was the most important thing to me. It was actually a point of um, transformation when I was like, this is what we need to ensure that doesn't these things don't happen yes. again. Mm. Yeah, I'm one person I can't necessarily stop war, uh, but I can be a voice of, of reason to say what, uh, why are these things happening and, yeah. and to look at what mistakes occurred. I then went um, to Terrazin, which was a, uh, a war camp, um, which was for uh, in World War II. And that it just seemed like everything I was going to just kept going back to these ideas of, 
of devastation of where was where is the love in this and, yes. and where did it go from but then listening to stories of you know people that had shown you know love to others by you know protecting and, and it went back to my childhood what I was talking about you know protection my brother protecting me yeah that whole idea mm -hmm. it kind of felt like this is what was happening there's about you know looking after and caring and that's where the love came out that's where I thought you know the yeah, idea of Jesus yeah. came in you know yeah, that's absolutely, in yeah. these in these ideas um, and then more recently I went to Vietnam and yeah. I probably was taught quite a little bit different about the Vietnam War when ah. I was at school uh, to what the reality is, of, of yes. what it is and um, again I went to school you know and and looking at that was you know in the 90s and then early 2000s and I think that really shaped yes. me a lot too because mm. I was like, I'm ready not to see this naivety. I'm ready to see what the um, truth the truth was. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a truth I think you can always get it from the people uh, who lived through the war. Like I lived um, through the the war in, in Iraq in the yeah. in the early nineties as well. And mm -hmm. um you know, people often, and I I'm, I react the same way about war. Mm. Like when I see those the war that's happening now, when yeah. I look at it on the, you know, watch it on the, on the TV, I just think, oh wow! All I can remember from war was, you know, kids couldn't go to school. Yeah, we had to seal all our windows. Yeah. We couldn't go out. The sound of bombs. So I think those are the things that war also brings. Mm. Um, is that kids are going to carry this trauma through? Like yeah. I could hear. You know, sometimes I hear some like loud bangs or something. It, it just takes me back to that moment of mm. being a child in a, all locked up in one room, the whole family, and listening to those mm. sounds of war. And yeah. I and I think these are the things that kids kind of carry through. Is the it's the the things that affected their senses. Yeah. Uh, what it smelled like, what war smells like, what war you know um, sounds like. So I think um, when you talk to the people who have experienced the war, you get a different perspective on mm -hmm. war. And all of a sudden you think, why are we still having wars? Yeah. I mean, haven't we learned anything from all those experiences? Mm. So, yeah, that's a profound experience that you've had yeah. mm. on the ground. Yeah. Mm. I think that comes back to also when we, when we think about these experiences, we've got to think about what do we do in this instance? Yes. What, what can we do? Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people might say, oh, we can't do anything, but it's about, are we accepting these refugees to be able to, you know, support them? What are we doing to show our consideration yes. for those people? Yeah. Are, are we, you know, supporting them in the world today? It's not about um, necessarily, we, we, we can't always think that we can stop that war. We, we can't necessarily do that. But what no. we can do is, is provide the support and love and care to those people that yes. have experienced that yeah. to ensure that we can do the, they, they can be the best that they can be and we are the best that we yeah, can be. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's where we have, and that's what we have to do. That's what we yeah. have to, to be. And I think that's, you know, I guess uh, staying on that note, uh, talking about refugees and what we can do. Mm. Uh, you're right. There are there are things that we can't control in terms of uh, dictatorship in countries. Yeah. Um, but what we can do is provide them a s space where they feel safe. Yes. And not kind of just go, well, that's your problem. No. We're not getting involved. We don't want anyone in our territory. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, I mean, I came as a refugee, so I was shown a particular treatment. But when I look at refugees now, I think, I can't believe that we're locking them up for nine years. Yeah. And, and these are young people whose lives mm -hmm. we've destroyed. So yeah. I think 
it, it takes me back to what you what you said to me on the phone uh, when we had a conversation be- before this podcast, which which has kind of really um, it's it's stayed with me. And you said spirituality is about action. Um, it's it's good to be. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's all good and well to believe the gospel. But actually, it's about action. Mm. Um, so tell us about that. What is, spirituality is about action. Yeah. So I think, I guess, I guess it goes back to, even when I think about my childhood, um, the idea of going to church on a regular basis in the sense of every week, I felt like there was something missing. Mm. Going to church is amazing. You get that spiritual awakening. You get to have the experience of listening to the Gospels. But what are you doing after that? Yes. You know, mm. where is the, the action afterwards? And I think that is what spirituality is about action is. Yeah. Spirituality is about living that out in the world. Yes. So when we think about, you know, certain examples, we always talk to the girls, well, what are you doing? You know, yeah. and I always say, mm. what am I doing to ensure that this spirituality is living out in the world, spreading the good news, you know, yes. that kind of idea. Yeah. And so one of the, I mean, the things that, strengthened me the most with things like doing uh, Vinnie's Brekkie there, yes. right? Going out into the community and yes. actually physically mm. seeing that. Um, when when we go over, you know, to, to, to support the, the people that are in need, that's spirituality in action. Justice is the key thing. We have to learn about what it was in the Gospels, but then we have to go and do yes. the actions of what Jesus yeah. did. And, and it's like, for example, if we think about even recent examples of what Jesus, oh, sorry, of COVID, we think about what did Jesus do with, with the lepers? Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he made sure that he was amongst those. Yes. And, and then we think about what are we doing now for these victims of COVID? How are we supporting them? Where, we, where are they? Where, where is the action in that? So spirituality is about doing that. Yes. And, and I think that's really, really important. And when it goes back to those ideas about before in relation to refugees, in relation to all of that, it's about that. And I think that's where vocation comes back to it. Yeah. If we think about vocation, it's about are we, you know, becoming a lawyer to support yes. the rights of those yeah, people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, this is what spirituality is yeah. about. So I think, you know, when I think about who I am and and where I come from, it's about making sure that this is lived. Yes, yeah. Because if I hold everything within me and I, I don't do anything, then I'm not, in my understanding, yes. that's not a true no. Christian. That's not no. what Catholicism is about. That is, I'm able to read, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where it becomes key. And that comes with community service. Where is the need? Where yeah, are what we can going? I do? Absolutely. Mm, yeah. And there's a lot of need out there. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, uh, you know, uh, really sometimes there is a need even within, within your own postcode. Yes. You don't even have to go out of your own postcode to find the need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm a believer in uh, justice is love and yeah. love is justice. And mm-hmm. you, you can't take those two notions. So mm-hmm. for us to live transformative love, we need to also live transformative justice. Yeah. So I think that's my experience of um, how can we live those gospel values. Now, on a very serious note, Jason, I know you've been waiting to <laughs> talk about music. <laughs> um, now, first of all, obviously, we, we we joked about this a bit, but what do you think of Elton John's <laughs> remix, Hold Me Closer, because that's what it's been called. Yes. It's been titled, because I was talking to someone, they said, that's not what it's called. I said, yeah, it's actually been titled. Yeah. So, because it's a remix. 
and uh, Beyonce, Queen Bee. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit about music. What, what do you love about it? So music is so powerful. I, for me, mm. growing up, music was um, what helped me get through a lot of tough times. Yes. You know? um, I remember uh, my mum getting really angry with me uh, one day when my grandfather passed away and I put music on. Yes. And in my home, uh, <laughs> growing up in the ethnic family, <laughs> Um, music was like this joyful thing where you listen to music to party. Yeah. And I remember in that time, you know, I had the music blaring, but that music was helping me to overcome the trauma or or, or the devastation of of the loss. And um, that was my way of dealing with it. Mm. And I remember my mom was like, turn the, the, the radio off, turn the music off. You know, you're meant to be sad and in mourning. And I didn't argue with her. I just turned it off. But for me, that was the way I got through things. Music was my, um, my saviour, if we put yeah, it that way. Yeah. Um, and I think music to always, you can turn music to resonate with you in different ways. Yes. So you listen to the lyrics and you make them relevant to your life. <laughs> And that's what I really did. There was so there's so many music. This particular song is, you know, it's, it's very different. <laughs> but for me, I also think about what is Elton John doing for Britney at this time? You know, she's gone yeah. through all yeah. of her life experiences. That's the criticism I I heard from people was why would why would Elton John need to do this mm. with Britney or whatever? And I yeah. thought no, but there's a there's a, a meaning behind this. Yep combo you know this duo getting together there is a a a reason why it's done yeah and and that reasoning you know whatever it would be but for someone that could be a a, a, you know a a light you know that could be that foundation of oh this is really significant to them this could be my life this can be relevant to me that somebody's holding me close and you know and so that's how I relate I relate to music and I've related to music throughout my whole life yes um so you know I catch the train quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Travel quite a lot. So, yeah, it's an ominous anyway, yeah. yeah. And so when I put my headphones in, I get into a zone and I listen to that music. And um, sometimes I put no music on and yeah, I just listen yeah. to my own, you know, voices in my head. Uh, but that's what forms who I am. And doing that has helped shape certain decisions that I make. It's yes. that discernment. Yeah, um, absolutely. Really helping me to say, okay, let's listen to this song. What's this song telling me? Yeah. You know? And and sometimes it goes back to spirituality. That talks to you in different ways. Yeah, and absolutely. this way it's through yeah. music. Especially as a teacher of teenagers um you know like i was watching um i was i was on tiktok the other day and i was uh, i was seeing all these um videos of billy eilish who's currently touring australia Mm -hmm. um and i I looked at those videos and i saw you know thousands of young people and they were just immersed in in her music and there was this sense of uh for me music is very sacred yeah and it's it's got this way of bringing people together, mm-hmm. but it's like a universal language that they can all speak. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what each person in that concert mm-hmm. uh, place is feeling or what they've been through, or yeah. in that moment where you know, because Billie Eilish is pretty good, but yeah. in that moment she is allow she is actually allowing everybody yeah. to get into that. Mm-hmm. unity like music is unity it yeah. unites people because they're all singing the same lyrics yeah um they're dancing to the same beat mm-hmm. and i think that's that's important yeah. as a teacher of um 
teenagers and young mm -hmm. women in your case? When we, when we like sit there in some of our liturgies and you listen to the girls singing those songs, it really is about how is that relevant in their lives and you really want to touch on that. You want to find out, you know, that they're busting out this tune, yeah. but are they busting out this tune and, and what does it mean to them? They're yeah. not just singing the lyrics. It's going to be real. Like yes. There's something about the, the song that you're singing it loud and proud. Yeah, because if yeah. you, don't, exactly. you don't believe it or you don't yeah. mean it, you're not singing it, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is something powerful about yeah, that. I do, and, yeah. and music is the world of yes. teenagers today. Yeah. I really do believe that. You know, they're always watching, like you said, TikTok. Yes. Um, they've constantly got headphones in their ears. <laughs> they're doing the just dance, yeah. you know. And all of that, though, that brings them joy. If you watch them do those things, and that's where community comes in. You know, it, it's that whole idea of come and join us. You know, there, there's no, there's, uh, I like to, we talk about this, but it's that Mary Ward open circle in a yes, different way. It's that, it is. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. It's that whole idea of God in all things. Yes. It's like, let's go. This is going to bring us joy. That's, that, that's yeah, the felicity. Yeah, yeah. That's really the felicity. Now, and, and now the... that you've touched on Mary Ward, oh, yeah. we haven't talked about Mary <laughs> Ward. I can't believe it. Um, but Mary Ward uh, on her deathbed said mm. to her sisters, uh, and I'm sure Mary Ward also loved music, but anyway, uh, <laughs> she said, let your vocation be constant, efficacious and affectionate. And here we are, um, 400 years on, mm. you're teaching at Loretta Normanhurst. Um, I've joined the Loretta Sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it about this, uh, I suppose, uh, wisdom, Mary Ward's wisdom, what is it about that uh, line that really, that we could live out in the world mm. today? What is it about it that it still has uh, effect on us today? Mm. I've taught in, in a variety of different schools um, joined Loretto about seven and a half years ago. There, was, there is something about Loretto and Mary Ward that is completely different to any other, and I'm going to use the word charism, but yeah, yeah. To, to any other, there is this sense of um, openness, mm. uh, invitation, yes. inclusivity. Yes. And, and that's, that's really important. When, when we see this line to me, what Mary Ward is saying is that you all have the vocation. Yes. You've got to find it and you've got to live it out in the world. It's important that we understand what or how the relevance of something 400 years ago or thousands of years ago when we think yes. about the Bible being written. Mm. And, and, you know, think about Mary Ward. She didn't live when, you know, no. in those days. She's yeah. now a thousand you know, yeah. years plus after that. And now we're, you know, 2,000 years after the Bible yeah. written. We, we've got to think about how is this making, how is this relevant in our world today and what yes. are we doing? So when we think about this, it signifies to me that in today, today's society, we need to make sure that everything that we're doing is aligned with what we believe Jesus would have wanted us to, to do. do. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I think that's so strong in all the different people we meet. Do you know, like I talked about before, that is the yeah. person when I was in, in Bankstown who was involved in, you know, the games. Yes where there was violence, when there was drug abuse, when there was things that I experienced that, you know, that's where, where is the love in there? Where, yeah. where is our vocation? Mm. Is it the person that's, you know, the psychologist? Is it the counsellor ensuring to support them? Is it the nurses? Yes. You know, then moving on and I think about, you know, where I grew up then, it's, it's, it's in that idea yes. of where is it? 
going back to you know, living in Darlington now, a new town, the eclectic, we have a variety of different people. Inclusivity is strong there. Yes. We have mm. the indigenous community and how are we supporting them and how are they living with, uh, with how are we living with them? How are we making sure that indigenous rights are, and the voices of those people who have been impacted are heard? How are we ensuring that, for example, we look at, um, especially around, you know, the city areas and we talk about um, uh, different people with, with uh, the big influx of sexuality and things yes. like that. Mm. Where is God in that? How would God have supported, or Jesus, sorry, supported those people? Yes, and, and how would he be inclusive? Mm. And, and would he have said, come to the table? Yeah. Would he have said, you know, it goes back to that welcoming yes. of, of what I think with my father, you know, saying to that person, come into our home, talk to us about it. We want to listen to you. We want to hear you. And then we're going to, you know, give you what we yeah. think, you know, it is our views and, and where it is. Mm. But in the end of the day, you're going to leave my home and we're still going to love each other yes. for our differences. Yeah. And I think that's so important. That is what I believe Mary Ward was saying. Yes. In her sense of go out, be the vocation, go out in the world and, and make sure you're living out what Jesus was yep. telling us to do. Thank you, Jason. You've been incredible oh, and you. I can't wait for us to produce our song. <laughs> um, but thank you for coming to meet with us and to share your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you.